Are you suffering from poor decision-making skills, lack of self-confidence and self-esteem? Do you have impeded development of social, emotional, and sexual skills? Then you've come to the right place. Hi, I'm Rachel, and you might be suffering from religious trauma. I left evangelicalism and started a podcast. I talk about my experience with purity culture, why I left, and the journey afterwards. I'm happy you're here. Come along for the ride. Cheers to leaving. Um, so you're drinking White Claw. I'm drinking this. If you're from Kansas City, we have this distilling called Mean Mule. Ooh. And they... I'm drinking their Mean Mule Silver, which is like blue agave, and it's it. I think it's tequila, but it it almost doesn't have that potent smell. Anyway, if you know what a Negroni is, it's like a gin based, really strong bitter drink. But then they like redid it and turned it into a Grony, and it's pretty good. It's just like straight booze, though. So that sounds great. Yeah, you're gonna get a lot more lit than I am. I'll just be slightly, slightly buzzed. Yeah, but you're smoking, so I yeah, feel like... I am, which causes me to ramble. So if I ramble, interrupt me. <laughs> <laughs> Be like, I'm back on the subject, and let's go back to what we were talking about 20 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, so if you don't mind, can you reintroduce yourself? Yeah, well, th- thank you for having me. First of all, thank you for having me. I'm super honored to be here. Um, yeah. So I'm Molly. We're cousins-in-law, and um, really excited to be here. Share a little bit of my story, and hopefully, bring some awareness and education, and maybe a lot of people can relate to yeah. what both of us have experienced. Relatable. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Um, my experience is a little bizarre. Um, I grew up as a missionary kid in Mexico city, my parents were Southern Baptist missionaries and they were starting house churches in Mexico Mm. for the first five years that we were there. Um, the last five years we were there, my dad was just went into like a teaching role and worked in a seminary. But in those first five years, it was like really aggressive, like new Testament church planting. So, um, Colonizing. A lot of the, a lot of the <laughs> Apostle Paul, yeah, <laughs> colonizing White a lot colonization. of colonization, right, right. Um, you know, it's interesting because I, I feel like, I feel like so many times, I think about my upbringing and how conservative it was, and how many messed up things happened, and things that I witnessed, and just the teachings we were taught around sex and relationships, and a woman's role and a man's role, and all of those things. My mm. parents weren't always the ones pushing that agenda. A lot of the time, they were kind of like, "No, like you should be a free thinker," and it was more like the people that they were working with, and the people that we were around, and the people in our church, and then the people in the mission board. And the teachers they would bring to the youth camps that we would go to. So I experienced fundamentalist Christianity growing up, but it wasn't necessarily enforced in my household. My parents were pretty, yeah. And then they became even more chill. Like, I want to say like around like 2013, they started really chilling out. And then they left all of that. 
and maybe they were exhausted too i think so i think fundamentalist evangelical christianity exhausted them i know it exhausted my dad it's Um, exhausting right right so i graduated from high school um was homeschooled as well so that kind of just our school curriculum was super christian all the books we were reading had a very specific message right Mm-hmm. And my parents would be like, "Well, we don't necessarily agree with that, but you know, just kind of respected it, move on." Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, they did give me like a purity ring. <laughs> I did, I did have one, and but I gave it back when I was like sixteen. <laughs> I was like, "I don't want it. <laughs> like, I don't want to do this. I don't like. I it. don't. Yeah, I was like, it's not for me. It's not for me. It was awkward." Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yeah, so I graduated from high school. Um, and kind of like stop going to church. And I think a lot of people stop going to church when they go to college. Oh, and yeah. uh, if they're not going to a Christian college or college where going to chapel is enforced, they're just not going to go. So mm-hmm. I didn't go. I just stopped going. And then I started having sex <laughs> and experiencing the world. And I was like, yeah, no, I don't want any part <laughs> of that weird culture I grew up in anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't want to experience it anymore. Um, fast forward, I'm a licensed massage therapist. I've been doing this for about seven years and I've gone on to get a specialization in pelvic floor therapy for female pel- bodies or bodies with vulvas. Love and that. yeah, it's really cool. And so a big portion of what I do is like coaching women, um, in pleasure and, uh, also coaching them through like points of pain and healing. Uh, with their pelvic floor and a lot of it is emotional so we do a lot of like therapy style work where it's like I'm talking to them about their sex lives and in a therapeutic setting so it's um very very powerful profound work I love do when you, I get to do that do you have any women that come in that have like a background as like Christian or purity yeah. culture to where they are having a hard time having sex with their husband because they were so used to just like mm-hmm you know, feeling shame and guilt for their sexuality and like not having sex and they didn't know how to like flip a switch or something once they got married all the time. Yeah. Especially it's now crazy. that I live in, now that I live in Kentucky, cause I'm from Chicago. So in Chicago, there wasn't as much of a need. I moved here and there's a huge need because these girls are so young and they're getting mm. married super young and having babies right away. And you know, it's interesting. What I find is the women that want to work with me, and who feel pulled to work with me and open up about this stuff are actually in their forties and fifties. These wow. are women who are entering menopause, but they got married when they were like 19, 20, had a bunch of kids, didn't really discover pleasure until their thirties, forties. And mm-hmm. now getting older and their body's changing again. They're, they're realizing they have a lot of um, issues with sensitivity. They have issues with um, prolapse in their organs. They have issues with leaking, um, pleasure, all of that. So um, I find it interesting, though, that that's kind of the demographic that tends to be more open to the work. The 22-year-olds who are just now experiencing sex, like, they're still entrenched, you know? They haven't, they don't realize that there's something better because they married their first boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Like, they married the first guy they kissed, you know? Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I, I occasionally, like, get women who are, like, you know, they've been married for, like, five, ten years, and they're like, okay, this isn't working. Yeah. And I, I want to, I want to know what the, the whole thing is about. Like there's a lot mm-hmm. of people who are like just straight up do not have orgasms when they're having sex. So many women. So sad. 
it is so sad. But yeah, the so guilt is huge. A lot of, uh, like I said, a lot of it's emotional work. A lot of it is an internal work that, you know, I'm coaching these women through. Mm-hmm. Well, isn't like vaginismus essentially emotional to like some degree? I've not done to some I'm degree, totally yeah. uneducated. This is just right. like things that I've heard about it. Right. So yeah. Like so vaginismus, vaginismus, I mean, like any ailment, there's a component that is emotional. Right. right. So you can always bring it back right. down to a psychological and emotional level, especially when there's trauma involved or like enforced, um, enforced beliefs around a certain subject. So like, for instance, like sex, having sex, having pleasure. Um, when that is so frowned upon and so pushed under the rug, and a lot of times a lot of abuse takes place when sex is so repressed and sexuality is repressed and you just don't talk about it there's no education and so there's no healthy like you're not having healthy sexual encounters right well especially because sexual encounters like around evangelicalism is it's all about the man and it's the man's needs and you know it's your duty it's all about reproduction it's yeah, reproduction. about reproduction. Yeah. So it's not supposed to feel good. It's for, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of like bullshit surrounding that that right. probably a lot of young married couples go into and they just kind of like fuck around and then don't know how to talk about it. Right. Sad. And I think it goes back to once again the education component. So a lot of what I do is re education of sexuality and <clears throat> sex in general is, is just re-educating these women on like what it is because yeah. we don't receive that kind of education even in the public schools they're getting better with the level of education that they're providing but it's still not based they still don't talk about pleasure and I don't necessarily know if I want like if I had a nine-year-old who was going to <laughs> I don't know if I would want their teacher talking to them about pleasure and about their clit. Um, That's something I would want to share. But if a parent doesn't even know what that is and has never experienced it. I think that's appropriate. Yeah. Well, I think that's appropriate for high school, especially because a lot of kids are having sex anyway. It's like we might as well teach them. I think high school is absolutely appropriate. Um, I was. I was a little bit of a late bloomer. So my mom kept me pretty sheltered. She wanted me to enjoy being a kid. And so she never really like encouraged me to dress older than my age, but she never discouraged it. She just wanted me to be in my own lane. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't actually get the sex talk till I was about like 12 or 13. And I, Not at even that like point, I was, anatomy, anatomy or anything, nothing. Like I didn't know oh, a damn okay. thing about it. Like I was completely oblivious. So I was like, 12 or 13 my mom sat me down she pulled out this awful book and it was called almost 12 and it was like this christian take on sex dude i think my mom did the same book with me oh it was the most cringy book the people the the illustrations the illustrations in the book they all look like men they're the ugliest (laughs) women big bushes big bushes Yes, yes. The bush is so real in those books. And I'm like, because they're, they're written in like the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> when everyone so, just had bushes. I'm pretty Didn't sure my mom. See, like the body parts. It was just a bush. No, it's a giant bush. <laughs> like, have you ever like, looked at like an old school Playboy magazine? It's just bush. Like, yes. you'll see, like um, they'll have those like big spreads where it's like both pages and you open it and their vulva is like right in the middle and just bush. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it. It's anyway. not quite accurate, but it <laughs> <Yeah>. works. <laughs> so going back to that, though, um, I'm pretty sure she used this book on all my siblings. And I have siblings who are like 10 years older than me. So this is outdated information. Um, and it, she basically gives me the very basic P and the V sex talk. I am like, well, do men like do men have pubic hair? Like I had questions like that. And she's like, yeah. well, I'm not really ready to talk to you about the male side of sex. Don't those go and hand I, in hand? <laughs> right. And so it wasn't until I was about 14, my brother was in pre-med and I was like, look, I have questions. <laughs> Sir, I have questions. Not he, answering. he was like 18. I was 14. And I was like, I have questions. Can you please <laughs> help me here? And he pulls out his anatomy book. At first, he's like a little upset that I didn't know about this stuff. And I was going, yeah. to, school at, I was going to school at the time. And I was hearing sex jokes and things like that and innuendos. And I didn't know what they meant. And I was like, come on, I got to be able to keep up. I need mm-hmm. to know what's going on. And so he sat me down with his anatomy book and he was like, read this, this, and that. I get to the part where they're talking about orgasms and pleasure and climax. And I'm like, what's climax? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and he explains it to me. And I was like, oh, I've had those before. Because like, you know, I was like the freaky kid who was like humping things, right? Like there's, everyone's a freaky kid. We all went things. through a humping stage. Right, it's right. Oh yeah, I know what that is. Um, but it, it's still upsetting. I mean, I've spoken to my mother about this. And I'm like, I still hate that my brother had to be the one to give me, like, a real sex yeah, talk. he gave you the sex talk, or the sex ed. Yeah, yeah he gave me the real sad. sex ed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I was having sex that anyone even talked to me about birth control. And I was 19 at the time. And oh, I, same. I same. knew about birth control. So we were, like, using condoms. But I didn't, I wasn't on it. And I didn't mm-hmm. know what a good option for me would be. And I didn't know what the risks were and what the benefits were. And it, my older sister who had, she had just given birth to her third kid. And she was like, I'm getting an IUD. My husband's getting a vasectomy. <laughs> She's like, we are done. And she goes, I'm taking you out to lunch. <laughs> Takes me out to lunch with her baby in tow. And I remember sitting in a Mexican restaurant looking at my sleeping nephew and my sister's telling me, she's just like, you really need to get on birth control. She's like, I know it's an awkward conversation to have with mom, but you need her to take you to the clinic or have your boyfriend take you to the clinic and you need to get on birth control because this is, you don't want this. (laughs) You do not (laughs) want this. She's like, I love my babies, but you don't want this. Mm -hmm. And I took her seriously and I um, went and got my first prescription and, did you uh, like go to the doctor or did you have to go to Planned Parenthood? I went to the, at the time I was like on Obamacare. So I went okay. to the so public to clinic. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but my mom did have to drive me because I didn't have a driver's license. It was a very awkward conversation. And basically I was going off of the, my periods are heavy. So I want to be on birth control because my mom didn't know I was having sex yet. Right. And um, this is where things get weird. Yeah. So. Well, when (laughs) in a very like conservative home, when a boy has sex, it's not really that big of a deal. Like, I feel like, you know, like my brother was sexually active. He was four years older than me. Um, 
they didn't really make that big of a deal out of it. Me, on the other hand, I would be their first daughter who was unmarried and who was sexually active. And so that was a whole new conundrum for them. Mm-hmm. So it was really hard when all of it came to light that I was, you know, having consensual healthy sex with a guy I had been dating for three years. Mm-hmm. Um, it was normal. just really difficult for them to digest. Yeah, something super normal in the world. Like this is the most normal thing. And it's funny because I almost feel like slightly uncomfortable talking about it um, on this kind of platform. This is super personal story, but I know so many girls have gone through this. Like I went through a portion of time where I was basically told like, you need to get married to this guy. If you're going to act like a married couple, you have to get married. But you probably weren't acting like a married couple. You were just like doing normal relationship stuff right. and right. you were 19. So... I think at, the time, at this point I was 20. So Still, this has been about a year. Yeah. So young. You were a baby. Was... <laughs> right. But I'm also 20 years old. So I'm also an adult and can make my own decisions. Right. Exactly. Right. But like, as far as marriage like goes, 16. it wasn't like I was yeah. 15 26, and my parents were like, you're a little young. <laughs> like that. I mean, even that's a little, like, I feel like, if your 15 year old is going to be having sex, you can't really do much about that, you know? Yeah. You can just talk but, to them and be like, please be safe. Right. Please don't Here's get pregnant. Here's a bunch of birth control and right. make sure it's consensual. Thank you. Right. And I don't want him to be older, much older yeah, than you. Yeah. <laughs> please make sure that he is a minor as well. Right. So, yeah. So, essentially, I guess the whole story is when you're raised conservative, you don't get proper sex education. Um, it causes you to make dumb decisions when you are out in the world because you have no sex education. So we have a lot of situations such as um, some of the girls that I, well, a few of the girls that I went to a very conservative high school with, mm-hmm. they um, go to, you know, go to Christian college. First boy, they start dating. They start sleeping with him. They get pregnant. College kicks them out. Next thing you know, they're doing a courthouse marriage. They're marrying the guy. They've only been dating him for three weeks. The guy ends up being abusive. Um, now you've got Hail a kid. as old as time. Right. Like, this <laughs> is the most, it's the most almost generic tale of a Christian kid. It's so <laughs> you sad. You know, a conservative Christian kid, you know, trying to live, live the right way, right? And just trying to experience the world outside of their parents' jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. But completely unprepared. Right, right. Um, and then I, I think, you know, when sexuality is repressed as well, there's like a lot of dysfunction. So when you see dysfunction in the church, when it comes to sex and sexuality, for instance, like child pornography possession by youth pastors, um, child abuse scandals, um, molestation scandals, things like this is because sexuality and education is so repressed. Like these kids aren't getting proper sex education. They're not being taught about STDs. They're not being taught about consent. They're not being taught about any kind of um, like preventative measures from getting pregnant mm-hmm. other than abstinence. Right. And or we're, consent. Right. Did and it's kind of all, already? yeah, or consent. And it's kind of all put on the woman. Like it's all put on the girl. Like it's our fault. It's yeah, our fault. Tetris. We have Oh yeah, we are the temptress. Oh, yeah. Jezebel, Jezebel, <laughs> Jezebel spirit. <laughs> right. I, oh, I remember I went to camp 
we had this camp. It was called Spiritual Emphasis Camp. And it was the highlight of the year. It was church camp. It was Jesus camp. We go to Jesus camp and we sing and pray and cry. Spiritual emphasis. Okay. (laughs) It was very emotional week. Um, You always, like, end up falling in love with some boy and just, like, praying and crying out to God that he's yours. (laughs) Because, you know, you got a bunch of horny teenagers on a campground for three days with no sleep you know, on this Jesus crack that they're feeding you. <laughs> the, food is, the food is so bad that you have to like get high on the spirit. Uh, but at the end yeah. of the week, <laughs> the last night of the, uh, I wouldn't say it's like the second to last night of the week, they would do this thing where they would separate the girls from the boys and the female youth leaders would take the girls into one side of the camp and the male youth leaders would take the guys on the other side of the camp and we would have the sex talk the relationship the purity talk and every year it was the same and it was always like women you're responsible for keeping your brothers from sinning um don't dress provocatively. And I mean, they would go into detail. No V-necks, no tight-fitting clothing. All oh, my the- God. Don't show your <laughs> collarbones. Don't show your collarbones. God all forbid. bleed to the happy place. That was something they said. They were like all V-necks and like slits up skirts and anything. Time there's like a V in clothing, like a V-cut. It's just like clothing. pointing to it. Pointing to that- your vagina. Just all of it. It's just like pointing to your pussy. <laughs> Christians are obsessed with sex they are obsessed with sex because you want to know why none of them are having it (laughs) or they're having really bad sex they're having horrible sex they're all repressed um they're under fucked every single one of them (laughs) i am severely under fucked an under fucked woman (laughs) i love that no, uh, it's it just kind of goes to show that this is the pattern. Like that was our sex education, right? But it was all the- about shaming too, right? Right. In a way oh. that was just like, hey, if you have sex, it's your fault. Oh yeah, you know, because you either did this, this, and this, and right. right. Yeah, because I- you're. You're a slut. You're a slut. 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 Like, yeah. and we, we would know what girls were the sluts. We we're like, she's a slut. She's a slut, and she's a slut. And we would be so without judgmental. even like knowing exactly what that word meant. Like, they probably right. just like liked or kissed a boy, and we're like, slut. Right. Oh, <laughs> the rumors that we would spread about these girls that probably just had a boyfriend. They weren't even like sleeping with him or doing anything. Like, we would mm-hmm. create the worst scenarios. Like, oh so-and-so and so-and-so took their boyfriends out to the woods and then swapped partners. Like, we don't even know what we're talking about. <laughs> and we're talking about this. <laughs> like, we don't even know the slang, but it's fine. Right, right. Um, Have you I, seen... Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to ask if you've seen Yes, God, Yes. No, I haven't. It's on Netflix, but it's literally an indie film on what you just described. And oh, no. Is- hilarious unless you're like super it's very triggering in some parts but it's like only an hour and 17 minutes you should totally watch it because it's all about like like a very conservative catholic school they go to camp it's all about like sexual awakenings oh yeah and they 
Yeah, and they start this rumor about her and this guy were in the sauna at a party for like a minute and they were like, did you toss his salad? But the whole movie, (laughs) she's trying to figure out what in the world tossing someone's salad means. That was me. me. I was like, I don't even know what a blowjob is. Yes. And she's getting on like AOL, like, you know, we used to have and like. Oh, yeah finding stuff out on there and just like everyone keeps acting like she's like a major fuck up but like it turns out you find out that everyone else is doing the same thing you know what I mean like any it's it's hilarious and you'd probably like it because it's exactly what you described I definitely need to watch this now um yep (laughs) that sounds that sounds like a good film for me I also love the name yes god yes yes god yes (laughs) on netflix there's mm-hmm. a, a another show it's a documentary it's on netflix it's called jesus camp and jesus camp that. oh my goodness jesus Camp. well it's it's extreme it's an extreme version of what we experienced okay so this is like taking it to the so next it's level exaggerated. of fundamentalism yeah mm-hmm. it's like this is the extremist like the um the big giant mega churches that were like extremely fundamental of Christian. And they would take these kids to these super emotional camps. Like you have nine year olds just like crying and speaking in tongues, like this kind of stuff. Oh my God. I hate that. It's it's intense, but it reminds me of Jesus camp that I went to spiritual emphasis camp where like I was, I remember going to like, different kinds of like little Christian retreats and seminars and things like that. And there'd always be people speaking in tongues and they'd come up to you and start praying in the spirit. And there was always some wild things that were going on. Um, and then that there was, was so uncomfortable. So that were uncomfortable. like doing dirty, dirty things under the blankets in the bus in the back. <laughs> but then we go and speak in tongues later on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's just, so sad that that was sort of just a natural progression of mm-hmm. the teenage years and life and then trying to repress it so hard and make you feel right. so bad for just being like a human being right and I mean it's not like we it's just it makes sense to give sex ed then because you're like I know you're feeling it I know you're wanting right. it I know you're curious about it and like the same we want you to be safe yeah, we want you to be safe. Yeah. I feel like that's the epitome of caring about your kids and then to not to teach them mm-hmm. abstinence is such a fuck up for everyone in yeah. like, that community. Because again, I'm also a product of that. You get pregnant mm-hmm. at 19 because right. no one told you about condoms. No one told you about birth control. Right. No one told you shit about fuck. That's what I say. Right. No one told you shit about fuck. And you know super lucky that I was smart enough to use condoms and know at least that. And Mm -hmm. my roommate in college helped me a lot. She actually bought me my first pack of condoms. She bought me my first plan B pill. Um yeah, she was a cool, cool, cool girl. She taught me how to give a blowjob. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't know a good I friend. I know she was a good friend and she didn't judge me. She didn't shame me. And she was mm-hmm. like, no, like I have friends like you who were raised really conservative and like sex shouldn't be uncomfortable. She talked to me about consent and this girl was two years younger than me. I was a 19 year old freshman. Had a real good mama. Oh, she was a 17 year old freshman. I was a 19 year old freshman. This girl was experienced. <laughs> I wonder if her mom was like, 
some sort of like in the medical field, but had to do with like sex or something. You know what I mean? Like not maybe, necessarily. Maybe she know. was like a sex educator or something and was like telling her dog. I don't know. Right. Right. I just wonder to be Either that way. knowledgeable at 17. Either way, she was a really cool girl and she helped me a lot and I would be lost without her. Um, so shout out to her. I'm not going to say her name. <laughs> but she was really You great. know who you are. You know who you are. You you helped me. Um, but even then, like my first, like I, I had sex with my first boyfriend. Like it was one of those, like I'm going to marry him. Like this is, mm-hmm. the, this is the one. So even though I was, kind of rebelling against the Christian church and I had kind of stepped away from that um, ideology and that way of living. Um, I was still in that mindset of I am only sleeping with him because this is a serious relationship and I am going to marry this man. Mm-hmm. We were 20, 19, 20 years old. We were so young. And then um, when my parents found out and they were like pushing for us to get married, he was like, I'm not ready. And I was like, I'm not either, but I was also kind of like hurt, you know, because I was yeah. like, you don't want to marry me, right? Like, we're doing this together. Like, we're in this together. Like, there's no reason why we shouldn't get married. And it took four more years for me to realize that, A, this guy is not going to marry me, and B, that's okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, at the end of the day, we ended up, you know, we ended up going our separate ways because we grew apart. But there was definitely an unlearning that took place over not every relationship needs to end in marriage and not every person you sleep with needs, you need to be in a relationship with. Like it it really started shifting my perspective around sex and relationships. And then um, when we broke up, that's when I was able to actually kind of say, like I unleashed the demon. (laughs) (laughs) for the world a little bit and I realized there was a lot more out there I realized I was queer I realized I was not a straight woman I kind of already knew like I was doing gay shit when I was like nine and ten years old but you know it that that was never a topic that we talked about ever right no like 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 there was no utterance of the word like gay or lgbtq we just didn't talk about it it was not a subject Mm -hmm. um my parents never expressed anything against it nor for it they just didn't talk about it and I remember uh like when I started realizing like, oh I like women as well there was um I, I repressed that for a long time I was like I'm not gonna talk about it <laughs> and even when I had come out like I wasn't out to my family I wasn't out to my friends it wasn't like still once again I was only like really publicly dating men right right so there was just so much like inner repression that I, I was still putting myself through, even though I left the community. Like th- this is the unlearning right. process, right? Like it doesn't stop. We're always mm-hmm. having to calibrate our brains around the way we were raised. Yeah. I feel like deconstruction isn't just like a couple of years and like, then you're good. I feel like it's, it's a long process, especially at least on this subject. It's not just with your mm-hmm. mind. Like your mind can know the difference between you know, this, that, or the other, but like your body's still playing catch up because I don't think people realize how much you like embody in your body as far as like feelings, like thoughts, repression, like all this stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, even if you think about it, like even just masturbating, Mm -hmm. which is something that we all probably still did, even though it was quote a sin, 
But like, right. even still doing it now, feeling that freedom to be like, this is my body, it's mine, regaining that autonomy and being like, it's okay for me to like, figure out what I like and have that time mm-hmm. to myself. It's still something that I fight sometimes not to feel like ashamed about just because it's so, yeah, it's so instilled in my body that it's just kind of like, you know. And, And this isn't even just, I need to make this point here because I know that some of my listeners are going to come and listen to this episode and not all my listeners were raised like conservative Christian the way we were. This Mm -hmm. isn't something that is just prominent in our, the community we grew up in. This is prominent everywhere where women aren't told that masturbation is okay. It's not encouraged and it's Mm -hmm. not really encouraged until you get older and you enter more sex positive spaces. But a lot of the people that I work with, like that is something that we address is one of the first things I'm like, I want my clients to get comfortable with themselves and their bodies before they try that with their partner. So if they're Mm -hmm. having issues in the bedroom or in their relationship or with sex or with pain or whatever, first things first is get a hand mirror and look at yourself (laughs) and get to know her, like get to know your vulva, get to know your vagina, get to know all her parts, get to know all her points. And there's like a little like, a little thing that you go through and we go through like a, a little checklist where we go check for all the different things and we learn to name them and you learn mm-hmm. the anatomy and you get really comfortable with yourself. Right. And then you can go inside and explore and learn about all of that. And there's a way you can explore. So it feels a little less uh, dirty. It feels more right. like this is anatomy. This is my body. I need to understand how my body works. I need mm-hmm. to be comfortable with touching my body because it's important for me to be able to put things inside and take things out. Like there are women who still like they can't wear tampons or use Nuva rings or diva cups because they feel grossed out by putting things inside themselves, even though they can have a dick inside themselves. They can't, you know, that's crazy. I know. And so the, the, these are the kinds of things like I have to kind of desensitize with my, with my people. It's the first right. step. Let's get comfortable with your body. And, and once again, it's not just like the conservative upbringing. Um, right. Most women struggle with this. Most women lack that knowledge and that personal experience with themselves. Mm-hmm. So that's step one. Um, step two is in, uh, if they are comfortable using their hand, um, teach masturbation techniques and coach them through masturbation techniques and they kind of can learn. And there's actually a website I love. It's called OMG. Yes. Um, I think you should definitely put it in the show notes. They are not, I will, that's what they should. (laughs) (laughs) Um, OMG. Yes. It is a website. I think it's like 30. When I paid for it, it was like $30 and you get unlimited access to it. And they have researched thousands of women on pleasure and have learned how women orgasm and how women find pleasure. And they have formulated it into like a tons of different kinds of like masturbation techniques. And, cool. and they have, it's, um, they have like um, robotic vulvas that you can play with on your smartphone device. So you can kind of like practice the technique on your smartphone and then do it on yourself as well. And, and you can have your partner do it with you so they can kind of learn. And it's funny because the vulva will like respond to you. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's certain things that happen.
happen, like when the vulva is being pleasured, it pulsates and right. the, the anus will wink and the clitoris will come out and it like it will open and close and and breathe. Oh, that's cool. And, yeah, and so they have this um this on the website. It's so awesome. It's super educational and it helps me. I remember um. I, me and my first partner were, were struggling because, you know, once you get over the novelty of sex, it's like, okay, this is just like, I want this to feel good now, you know? Mm-hmm. And so the end sites, I found that website and um, it, it was, the, it was the most amazing tool for myself. So yeah. I, I recommend it to all of my clients. I'm like, go to this website. This is where, <laughs> where you need to start. Well, yeah, that's really cool. It's like self-education too. It's not like you right. have to do it in front of any everyone it's like the tools right here just like this is for you this is for your around figure it out right right that's awesome yeah um I am gonna also share like two articles I found today that like really resonated with me just around like evangelical sexuality crap that we were taught um oh yeah lay it on me but so this gal is just talking about basically sex after, you know, um, being raised that way and like stepping away. And she says, quote, at first, sex was an act of defiance against the dogma that owned my body for 20 <laughs> that years. That sounds relatable. <laughs> it's so relatable. relatable. Very relatable. It was definitely rebellion at first. Yeah. I was a hoe. <laughs> yep. Yep. And then it was like... Uh, Like a child declaring emancipation from abusive parents, or in this case, a father, I guess, like God or whatever. I needed to have sex to confirm that the lies were lies. I needed to have sex to figure out how I actually felt about sex because no one around me was willing to entertain even a remotely sex-positive idea. But having sex didn't purge me of all those years of toxicity. Sure, it was a I told you so to everyone who had spent the last year trying to get me back in the religious fold, but I felt disgusted and embarrassed with anyone or when anyone reminded me that sex is supposed to make people feel good, whether that reminder came in the form of a word or a deed. My body was light years ahead of my brain and is it still is to some extent. I was trying to fumble my way into a healthy view of sexuality and most of that entailed looking for an opportunity to give it another go instead of learning how to enjoy myself. And I feel like I related to that a lot because I went into this weird thing of like casual sex after I broke up with like my long-term relationship who is my daughter's father now, but we were together like five years. And after that, I, I sort of just like went into like the whole defiance thing where it was like, I can have casual sex. Like I can, I can do this. I can do that. And it's fine. And I'm fine and everything's fine. But it was again, sort of like still based around this weird thinking that I had about, like I was still trying to fulfill the need of the man to some extent. And I was still trying to prove to myself that I could do this without actually sitting with myself and being like, how does this affect me? How does this make me feel? Right. You know, right. am I even orgasming? What am I even <laughs> right. doing? You know you what I mean? For you. What is this? Yeah. <laughs> what is this about? Is it just me like flipping off the church and being like, Hey, you know, <laughs> so I, I felt that hard when I, right. it. it's funny when you flip the script and you go from being in a very conservative place where your sex is very shameful. And so you feel a lot of guilt and shame around it. 
and I, I didn't realize, I mean, you had such similar backgrounds, having like that long-term first boyfriend <laughs> and that being like your first thing. And then you leave that and become a total hoe for a while because you're yep. like, I've never experienced anything else. And it's more of an act of defiance, right? So you flip right. this from being in a place of guilt and shame to being in a place of like novelty and then mm-hmm. and then, and then the place of rebellion, defiance, but you're still not in the act of like self-pleasure ever right 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 so that's for me when the flip like when the script actually flipped was when I started having sex because I wanted to have sex because it felt good mm-hmm. <laughs> and because I knew that it was healthy for me and it was a healthy situation and I could hoe in a healthy way and I could hoe right. in a responsible way and gotta hoe healthy Right, you have Hashtag to be ho healthy. <laughs> oh, we have a new brand. <laughs> <laughs> we can like sell like um boric acid suppositories. Yeah, exactly. healthy, healthy ho. Healthy ho. <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean it, that it does flip the script a lot. I think a lot of girls are still having casual sex because they feel like they have to to keep up with everybody else, or because that's what is expected of them, their friends, or they think mm-hmm. the guys that's what the guys want. Um, or they're in an act of defiance, it's not for them. And when you right. go out for yourself, you're going to realize you may not be as big of a hoe as you think you are. Mm-hmm. Um, I could go a whole month without having an encounter and be completely sexually aroused and satisfied with myself all mm-hmm. of the time. And I don't need anybody else, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Because, you know, when you realize that like, you're having like casual, empty sex all of the time, it gets to the point where like if you have a good connection with yourself and a healthy relationship with yourself those casual encounters if there's no depth is if there's no connection no mental stimulation no emotional stimulation it gets old very fast there's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with it but it gets old fast so you'll you'll become weary of it and you'll feel your energy going but Mm -hmm. that honestly that's really only if you're like like if you're in touch with yourself, you're in tune with yourself, you understand the way your body works, what you need. Um, you're going to realize that what most humans need is like real authentic human connection. You can have it in a relationship outside of a relationship, but either way it makes it really difficult to have like super casual encounters when it's just purely physical, like, right. Which is why I definitely support a fuck buddy, like a regular steady, reliable fuck buddy. Yeah, be someone that you're used to, right. someone, someone that you cares about you in a way, not sex- yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, having someone where it's like, you may not hang out outside of the bedroom, but when mm-hmm. you're in the bedroom, you're authentically there, like, he's not, like, just, I don't know, I, I, it, I've had a couple of these situations, these relationships, and it's been great, you know, it's one of those, like, right. you know, a lot of personal information about each other but we really support each other and respect each other's boundaries and we can have really this amazing time together and then go our separate ways right right but that is difficult to attain if you are not in touch with yourself and not working on yourself and not fulfilling yourself because if yeah if it's anything else you're just fulfilling you're trying to fill a void and then it gets messy and yeah, for sure. Which is exactly what I was kind of trying to do. Right. You're filling a void. Well, and 
it also goes back to like the lies we were told about sex in a way too that like sex is just like a chore on a women's to-do list you know like i mean right. pastors preach whole entire fucking sermons about that shit and it's like it's disgusting my it mom is. gave this book when i was like 15 16 about this it's called okay there are these people <laughs> in like rural kentucky or north carolina or somewhere like they're out here in the middle of nowhere um michael and debbie pearl Fuck them. <laughs> they wrote this you, book Mike called... And no, they are, they are child abusers, okay? They wrote a book to train up a child, and it's basically how you need to, like, beat the fucking shit out of your kid until they submit to you. But without anger. <laughs> Calculated hit. I, I don't know the people that no, were out for this, that. but yeah. maybe it was them. But they're... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's trash. So, like, I was heavily spanked when I was a kid. Like, heavily spanked. um, Because because of these people. Um, But the wife, Debbie Pearl, wrote a book called Created to Be His Help Meet. And it's all about how a woman is created. Yes. How a woman is created to meet the needs of her husband and meet the needs of God. Yeah, and the entire book is written all about how to be a good wife. And they have this section, or it's like another, they wrote another book called Preparing to Be His Help Meet, written for teenager girls. And it was basically how to be a submissive daughter and sister to prepare you to be a good submissive wife. Yeah. And, and I, was, I was, given, yeah, I was given these books when I was like 16. That and I kissed dating goodbye and when boys meets girl. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least the I kissed dating goodbye author has recanted his. Thank the Lord. <laughs> Blessings. Yeah. To him. I hope he's doing well. Poor Thanks, guy. Thanks, Space Daddy. Yeah. Thanks, Ugh. Space Daddy, for that. Yeah. Baby Jesus. Well, yeah. And like, I hate that too. Like, women are. Which also I think goes back to like what your job is too, is women and not just even in religion are not taught that we enjoy sex. It's just men. Right. And right. I think that's where a lot of this core shit comes from because we're just not taught anything different. Yeah. Thank you. <sighs> I asked him to bring me another drink. <laughs> so that's the first time I've seen my cousin in like... <laughs> A year. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> Clap. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, so do you have any like weird like lie like not even lies, but just do you have anything like absolutely ridiculous like you were told about sex before you like knew about sex? Like just something that's like I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of things Christian women were taught growing up that I'm like, that doesn't even make sense. Well, I would say um, sometimes I hear funny things, but I would say that the biggest one for me is I didn't really understand how STDs were spread. I didn't know how you got one. I I understood that if you had unprotected sex and you, you weren't, you know, staying clean I guess I don't I hate that like clean no it's like you weren't you know you're not keeping up with your sexual health right you you can get an STD or STI um I really didn't have a lot of education on that 
of like how it was transmitted. And it wasn't until I got one and then I learned about it. And I was like, oh. And I think that's the experience of a lot of women and men. Unfortunately. Um, and that's why STDs are so rampant, which is why everyone needs to get tested regularly every three months if you're switching partners frequently or more. If you need to wear a condom. Uh, wear a condom. Know someone. Right. Put a condom on. Even if you know someone, wear a condom because the ones you that's know true. be cheating. They cheat. They be Everybody cheating. cheats. Yes. So definitely always use a condom. Um, and if you're not going to use a condom, go get tested. <laughs> yeah. Be safe. Don't let anybody ejaculate inside of you. Um, that goes through your mouth and your pussy because you can get chlamydia. You can get chlamydia in your throat and you can pass it by giving a blowjob. So um, that I actually didn't open. know that. Yeah. That, yeah. That was um, a new piece of education I learned not too long ago that that's you can crazy Lydia in your throat. Um, that's insane. Semen. Yeah. So uh, these, these are things we need to be educating ourselves on. Right. Yes. <laughs> and well, educating and what's crazy people. is like, I didn't know about that stuff. So I had a lot of, I wouldn't say it's unprotected in the way that like, I did not keep like prevent myself from getting pregnant. Like I protected right. it that way. Cause right. I knew about that. But right. I did not require these men to put on condoms. And I have no idea how I got out of my little hoe years. <laughs> like, free. You know, <laughs> as Christians would say, it was the Lord. But it, it was the Lord. It, it was <laughs> the Lord protecting me. Yeah, like, you have something protecting you. Something, but... something. Or, you know, yeah. I just happened to randomly sleep with people that, you know, were fine. There's also sexually transmitted, well, there's uh, infections and diseases that are also, they're considered, they're under the umbrella of STIs, but they're also, like, not technically STIs, like the herpes virus, you can get, like, on a cold sore, that's a herpes virus, and you can give somebody genital herpes by going down on them if you have an If you have a cold sore, interesting. Yeah, Yeah. but that's the thing about herpes, too, is herpes, there's a big stigma around it, because once you have it, you can't get rid of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Form of herpes is mono. Mono is herpes. You can get that by exchanging saliva. Right. I didn't know that. I didn't know it was a form of herpes, though. I just thought it was like a... Yeah. So these are just like little things that you... Like, you might have learned about it in high school and you just forget. Or um, you didn't. Like us. I didn't get this kind of education, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Our parents just were like, they don't have sex till they get married. Their wedding night. (laughs) Right. And of course, he's never had sex before either. And he's never had sex. But if he does, we don't no. care because we're only yeah. concerned about and women's bodies. Right. And it doesn't <laughs> feel good because she just needs to be able to get pregnant mm-hmm. and have a baby. Like, I can't tell you how many people I am like one of two girls in my graduating class from all of the missionary kids that I grew up mm. with. One of two girls who is unmarried and without children. Crazy. How old yeah. are you? 26. 26. I'm a baby. You are and a baby. Are, I am one of two girls from my graduating class that is unmarried and without children. But aren't you kind of like an old maid by those standards? <laughs> yes, I am an old maid. And so it's really awkward. Um, it can feel weird. I, I want to say it was up until about last year, I was still feeling kind of that weird pressure 
of, hey, I need to be in a relationship and I need to be headed towards marriage and my biological clock is ticking. Like this is still like that instinctual thing that kicks in because of my upbringing. Well, your biological clock is ticking. I mean, shut up. (laughs) I think in the future, everyone will freeze their eggs because biology is against us. Your prime is like when you're like 15 to like what, 21? Like that's like, you know what I mean? Biologically, but like, mentally you are nowhere near ready to have a marriage or a right. baby so that's why women are waiting and it's great i don't know if like... i would go as far as to freeze my eggs um i know that that is a viable option for a lot of women i've known i've had it's a lot also of clients super that gone through it i just assume Very in the expensive. future it will be cheap because we'll be advanced human right. beings but maybe so, not well something also you need to understand with egg freezing and fertility um, fertility procedures and stuff is you are literally injecting hormones into your body every day and those hormones affect how you feel and so mm-hmm. the process is super shitty for a lot of people it's like mm-hmm. being on really intense crazy like bipolar ass birth control um, that can be really really hard I've had clients go through the process of getting their eggs frozen and it is a process like they're yeah, like, I've I'm been sure bloated and constipated for four months. Like, <laughs> you know, like these poor women and they're doing this because like someday they want to have a baby, but they just haven't met a guy yet. Or, you know, they're, they're 30 and they put their career first their whole time and they just haven't made time for dating. So well, these are just, I mean, you, you know, can't have babies now without needing to have a relationship, which is kind of cool. Right. Right. <laughs> just find no a sperm donor. It's not that hard. It's also uh, not hard to find a sperm donor. Just tell the guy you have birth control. <laughs> like, I have an IUD. You can come inside me. I don't care. You're cute. <laughs> let's, let's do it. Let's Here, do sign, it. This, sign this, sign this uh, form really quick. <laughs> don't worry it's just about a it. consent. It's just a consent form. It's just a consent, consent form. form. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, like, actually him signing his parental rights away. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That is messed. See, this is my humor is pretty no, messed that's, up. That's I hope your listeners don't that's, hate me. <laughs> that's manipulation. Don't that's do that. manipulation. <laughs> don't do that, guys. This is my brain is. This is your brain on drugs. <laughs> it is. It is. And I know our last episode was like a little bit more about like autonomy, but like this, mm-hmm. that was more of a emotional mental autonomy this right. is more about bodily autonomy yes i feel like this is a whole nother subject within autonomy because not only were you taught that like you were god's you know you were god's you know, holy vessel the holy yes, temple, and that your body your mind yeah. your spirit everything belonged to god so it's and then, you know, we had the whole scenario of, like, Jesus hanging out in the back seat of the car while you're making out with some guy. Mm-hmm. You know, like, God's always watching. And it's, The like, Holy Spirit between you at the school dances. Make room for yeah, the Holy leave, Spirit. Leave room for Don't Jesus. get your pelvis close to each other. You're going to get pregnant. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, like, it, it's just, it, it was centered around so much shame. And then I also feel like in that form of like abstinence and like, Hey, Jesus is watching you. You weren't. And, and also with like, it's all about the man and and his needs and his pleasure and all this stuff. You also wouldn't know what consent looked like. You know, you don't know if you're supposed to like or dislike it. You don't know if you're, 
you don't really like their hand in your pants, but you don't really know what you like because you're not allowed to put your own hand in your pants. You know, it's just kind of like, it's just sort of this whole, it just, it's a foundation for like fucked up sexual encounters. And I'm sure we all had non-consensual sex at some point because everyone growing up, we didn't even know what that was. And I'm hoping they're changing it now because I think enough people are either leaving the church or speaking out about it towards like, we need to be teaching, Mm -hmm. you know, women what consent is. And Jesus would want you to have consent, you know, right. Um, New Testament, Jesus would want you to have sex. Old Testament, God would, doesn't give a shit, but you know, (laughs) it's like, it's, it's also your job to be like, oh, we need to stop or I'm saving myself for marriage. And then if you don't, then is that a form of consent? You know what I mean? Like it, it's right. It, there's no like clear cut whatever when it's all your responsibility to be in charge of sex, which is honestly right. a huge. When you don't know anything about it. You right. don't know anything but about they, it and you're in charge of it. whole responsibility on like mm-hmm. a 12 year old girl. And I'm like, so she's not allowed to know anything about her body or how things work, but it's her responsibility to not tempt her brothers in Christ. And it's her responsibility to say no when it's gone too far. And it's her responsibility right. when she's had sex, but maybe she didn't want to. Maybe mm-hmm. you didn't tell, you know, it's just, that's my it's whole infuriating. problem too. With, yeah, that's my whole problem too with I'm like, you're just setting people and your kids up for failure when you teach them abstinence and you don't teach them sex ed and you don't teach them about casual sex and yeah. it's just is sex is not a topic in the home yeah it's a, sh- a topic that's shut the down the lack of sexual education bothers me so much and I understand it's like assumed that you just won't be having sex but like in what world like right. really is that gonna happen I mean I know some people animals. did it we follow in- we're animals we follow instinct Right. Exactly. And us between the ages for men, it's like for boys, it's like between the ages of like 11 or 12 to like 17 is or or 25. I think it was like in their early 20s or something. That's like their sexual peak for women. It's like ages 15 to like 26 is like our sexual like peak. And so it's like you're instinctually like looking to have sex. Like we're all walking around with our asses in the air. Like what, what do you think Instagram is all about? we're all all peacocking we're all just trying to find a mate we're all trying to get fucked every single Mm -hmm. one of us um but But i think it's 100 just being a human like we need to stop shaming that shit right it's not a sin it's just human nature have sex be married just do it safely (laughs) yeah moral of the story okay special thanks bye i'm just (laughs) <laughs> bye we're done thank you that no. was the okay thank you I have it's one over. more point though that needs to be said and that is that um the abstinence teaching and the sexual teaching well the lack of sexual education in the church um assists rape culture oh for sure and the church is very prominent for rape culture um mm-hmm. the church protects its boys and shames the women and um Never in my whole life have I ever seen so many messed up things happen um, as far as like rape goes than the things that have happened to people I know. Mm -hmm. And it was by somebody in the church. 
and that breaks my heart. And that's a big reason why I stepped away. And I said, yeah. I, I can't, I, I can work with people who are in the church, like people who are still in that. I can work with them on a therapeutic level. Um, but I, I can't participate. Mm-hmm. Because it just perpetrates this narrative that assists rapists. Yeah, it does. It and... covers them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's definitely catered to the white male. Right. Everything about church and evangelicalism. And if you are a white male growing up in the church, you probably had a decent experience. <laughs> right and that, that's why around you <laughs> right and I think that's why it's hard when you talk to guys um this is part of the reason why I have a hard time just like dating men in general um is they just don't have a bad relationship with God or the church because God the way God was taught to us catered to them mm-hmm. it was it's all built for the male the male world and it we're is. not the future's female. Like we're stepping oh. away from it. The future oh, is female. The future is female, trans, non-binary. <laughs> yeah. We're all we're all gonna be stepping up and yeah, speaking out and this white male. <laughs> as soon as they all die off. I'm, I'm talking about like the older generation that, you know, still completely supports the whole white male bullshit that they do politicians and shit right right um go ahead no go ahead i'm done (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm angry (laughs) this is how we have to end like i'm angry we don't i mean we don't have to end yet i was literally joking i was just like oh we made a good point let's end on it okay bye cheers to leaving like I was never taught what I liked or disliked. And so I still feel like even now that I'm even married, I'm still figuring it out. You know, is there anything you feel like we left out that you want to add? Um, as far as like, if you're someone who is just now, like, if you're like me, who is just starting out, like where you're maybe having sex with your boyfriend, you know, you're in within a relationship having sex, but you haven't quite gotten to that point where you can have casual sex or sex outside of a relationship and feel okay about that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, just trust the process. <laughs> trust the process. You might feel really shitty at first. Um, you're going to feel a lot of things. And I, I think the main thing, the main piece of advice I would give people is sit with those feelings, really try to embrace them and be like, Hey, I'm feeling like a lot of guilt and shame and understand where it's coming from. It's not coming from you. It's coming from a, a, a teaching that you received an education mm-hmm. or lack thereof education that you received or didn't receive. Um, and so recognizing that you're not a bad person for having needs and for wanting to, be a little bit of a hoe, um, mm-hmm. be safe, practice safe sex. There are amazingly easy ways to get checked for STDs now. And if, for people like me who really hate going to the clinic because A, it's a freaking pandemic and I'm still scared of people and B, the wait line, like it's really hard to get in. Like the waits are really long. People are understaffed. Um, if you just don't want to deal with that and you are having a lot of sex you need to be safe. So you can actually 
use a company. And once again, they're not sponsoring this, but they should. They it's should called, sponsor you. Yes, they should totally sponsor me. Um, I'm telling all my friends about them. It's called Let's Get Checked. And is it like a mail-in order- service thing? Yes, you can I order. I love that we're in the age of mail-in shit. Yes. Oh, thank God. Um, for introverts like us. <laughs> yeah, or just millennials in general. Right. We're just like you, terrified of people. <laughs> you can collect your sample on your own in your bathroom at home. And you can have FedEx come and pick it up. And um, they love that. All of the, I think for just like the main five. So that would be um, herpes one and two, I think. I don't know. I'm like, let's go off the top of my head. Chlamydia, um, gonorrhea, trick. Um, I think there's like one more that it will test for. That is only like a hundred bucks a month. And if you do end up testing positive for um, certain medications are covered underneath that cost and they'll just send you your medication. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's it's awesome. Cool. It's super easy. And you can sign up for a, um, a subscription where it comes in every three months. So every three months you get your box and you take your sample and you send it off. It's so easy. You don't even have to leave your house. I love that. So I hate leaving my house. Right. Me too. So it, unless you're like broke as a freaking joke and then you do need mm-hmm. to go to the clinic and wait in line for seven hours. Um, which you're just going to have to do and take responsibility. Um, you can just do this and you can have it mailed to your house and it's super easy. So like, there is no excuse. I require all of my partners to get tested now. And I always ask, when was the last time you were tested? And mm-hmm. have you had, I mean, most people will lie. So you have to like, <laughs> you have to make sure that you can trust this person. Maybe ask for show proof. me the proof. Well, yeah, and the cool thing about let's get checked is you can literally just pull it up on the app and be like, here, here you go, tested clean on this date. Yeah, there's. I mean, yeah. even your regular doctor, you can do that now. Like, it's, right. it's they'll show your blood test on your app. app. It's great. Mm-hmm. App. So there's really no excuse if you're gonna have sex without a condom. You need to be able to show proof of like clear results yeah you just got to be safe out there guys and like it is important too if somebody is going to disclose their sti status to you like you you do want to know like hey what's your sti status or hey when was the last time you got checked what were your results you mm-hmm. know i see your results because if somebody has herpes, if somebody has herpes or genital warts or something like that like they may not know if they can disclose that to you right away but if you're like opening that conversation up for them and it's like non-judgmental and it's just like hey like here's mine like let me show you mine like i was tested a month ago i've only had one partner since and we used a condom or it was you know with a woman. <laughs> it was the same sex partnership so right you know, so we're good right right and um i think that opens the conversation too they'll be like oh yeah let me pull up mine or oh i got tested a month ago actually mm-hmm. i did test positive for something and i had to undergo treatment or whatever I think if we destigmatize the conversation and stopped acting like it's like the dirty thing that somebody has herpes or that somebody tested positive for chlamydia, um, we just have to start normalizing it and start talking about it. And I, do, I, because a lot of people do have them and we don't know. I mean, I recently found out like a friend of mine has like herpes, but like, yeah, it's, one in four it's not a big deal. One in four people have herpes. Right. And yeah, that it's um, there's like three or four types of herpes. So there's like mono, um, there's like the uh, oral herpes, 
there's mm-hmm. in your genitals there's like different levels of herpes <laughs> there's like herpes simplex like there's a lot of different kinds of herpes so when someone has herpes it could be as simple as i just get a cold sore when it gets stressed out yeah so, yeah we don't need, need to like stigmatize it right but you still need to take precautions right right and talk about it Open right communication is definitely key which the church did not teach us because we no. were allowed to talk about sex. So a bunch of us are running around pregnant and with herpes. <laughs> yeah, thanks for it that. No right, right. But yeah, that would be the last piece of um, advice that I would share for anyone who is trying to go be a responsible hoe and have a healthy relationship with themselves and their genitals. Mm-hmm. Be yeah. a hoe, but be a smart hoe. Be a smart hoe. Absolutely. Be a smart and hoe. a healthy hoe. And- if you want to learn more about being a smart hoe and a healthy hoe, go check out my podcast. Yes. <laughs> it's, called, it's called Blaze Thoughts. We don't have any um, like episodes on streaming right now. They're all on IGTV, um, but we are going to hmm. be together. Yeah, there will be six, up, so, six so episodes. So they're all up. on Instagram. Right now, yeah. And then there's cool. going to we've got two full-length episodes that are in the works that will be dropped on streaming. But we're going to be putting them all on streaming platforms soon. But you can go check out the first couple of episodes on IGTV. Blazed Thoughts Podcast. Put it in the show notes. I think it's in the Instagram. But, yeah, yeah it's a whole show. To that. <laughs> it's a whole show. It's a whole show. It's all about sex ed uh, through the lens of holistic medicine. It's fun. And positive. Yeah. We're a little raunchy. I'm not going to lie. Like, we're a little raunchy for most people. But um, it's fun. And that's why. I mean, I feel like if you have a sex podcast, you can't not expect it to be raunchy. Right. I don't have the kind of, I mean, I don't have the kind of podcast where it's like soft pink colors. And, you know, we just keep everything <laughs> very PC. And like, no, we are cussing, we are smoking weed, we are talking about our last one night stand. But then we're also throwing some real education in there and mm-hmm. interviewing some dope people and talking about really cool stuff like manifesting through masturbation and performing like sex magic stuff. Like we had an episode cool. about that. So cool. Um That's and cool. Had, I didn't actually yeah. know you had a Blaze Thought podcast. Yes. Until girl. very recently. So I need to listen to it. It's fun. It's fun. I'm down. It's rough. I mean, the first couple of episodes are rough. They <laughs> always are. I mean, yeah. you're just getting in the feel of things, figuring right. shit but out. This is fun. Did you have fun? I had fun. <laughs> yeah, I did have fun. This was good. I like talking about all the things that we aren't supposed to talk about i know and it's then just, just blasting it out for strangers to listen to i love it it terrifies <laughs> me honestly like i'll be completely honest like this terrifies me um because i've had to like remove so many people from my social media that i grew up with that are still so entrenched in this and as i'm there's a few of them that are still lingering they're still there they're still putting up with me they haven't condemned me yet uh to my mm-hmm. face <laughs> in the dms <laughs> they're keeping it to well, themselves honestly like i'm still friends with a lot of people but i i have my personal instagram account and then i have my modeling instagram right. account and i only and then i have the podcast instagram account right but my mom doesn't know i have this podcast right Most well my people parents don't know 
I had to block a lot of people from the page. I mean, because we talk about um, our personal sex lives, and like, there's no really crazy details shared, but still, at the end of the day, I mean, it's your parents or yeah. Well, we also grew up really conservative, and there are still people in my direct circle, like in my immediate family, that are still involved in a very real way, where it's like it's their livelihood. So we have to be very careful. Um, so it's terrifying, but it's important. And I think the most important things are terrifying. So here we are. Yeah, here we are. And you know, one of these days, someone's going to find the podcast and it's fine. Shit might hit the (laughs) fan, but it's fine. Like I'm, I'm like good with where I'm at. And I, I don't think people aren't suspicious, you know, I mean, I'm not on, I do feel like I have asked controversial questions on like Facebook or Instagram, but I, I have no problem again with people wanting to be in a religion. If that's something that's Mm -hmm. good for them, I don't like the harmful shit that goes on in it. And I want to make sure that they're okay. But again, I'm not going to sit here and be like, you shouldn't be in this. Like Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's your fucking choice. Just like, this is my fucking choice. And like, I don't, I don't know what else to say. Like, I'm not a bad person. I I think what I struggle with too sometimes is just feeling like I'm just going to get like written off as like a wicked worldly person. And I'm like, actually, (laughs) a wicked worldly person. Secular. A long time I've heard term i know but like that's um, like the term my mom used yeah like, yeah so secular the so secular and worldly and that's um, not even a word most people in the secular world have no idea what the word like secular means so like what it's so hilarious we have a whole um we have a whole vocabulary language yeah and yeah it I think that for me, this is also, once again, this is part of the healing process. This is, is, is being able to step out and say, Hey, I'm going to speak on some things that I think were sincerely wrong about the way I was brought up and the people that raised me, not my parents necessarily, but the church, um, right. and the, the version of church that we were a part of. And mm-hmm. I think it takes a very strong and brave person to do that because you are going to be faced with negativity. People are not going to like that. You know, we're going against the status quo. And especially right now at this time where things are so black and white and there's I think people take things so personally, you have to be very careful. I, I tread very carefully depending on who I'm talking to. Um, I even see, I see myself like, changing the language that I use depending on who I'm talking to oh me too me too right like when I'm talking to someone who I know is a little bit more conservative and still very much so in the church I use language I know they'll understand and it it's weird it's like it's like putting on an outfit that doesn't really quite fit anymore Mm -hmm. like trying on a pair of pants that don't really fit Um, it's honestly very considerate of considering like they would not do the same for us you know, right. I mean, I think we're, but nor am I going to ask them respectful. to, right. right. But, but nor am I, am I going to ask them to, I mean, like, for instance, I mean, here's an example, like my mom, and this is a new, this is new conundrum. Once again, I am presenting so many conundrums to my parents. <laughs> I am the first kid they've had that's come out as queer, <laughs> like to them, like, I've been like, Hey, like I date women. And, mm-hmm. um, not only that, I am the first kid that openly casually dates. 
Um, where really? I'm like, no, I casually date. I I don't have a boyfriend. I don't have a girlfriend, but I casually see people, okay. and I have casual relationships, and I go on dates. I'm sure, and you're I not sleep. the only one that's done that. But. No, but I'm the first one to be open about it. Mm-hmm. And my mom definitely still kind of has a problem with it. She's like, I just wish you would date anyone until you're like ready to be in a relationship. But I'm like, I need to taste everything. <laughs> yeah. uh, I need to sample test. I'm in the ice cream shop. I need to sample test all the flavors before I pick the one I'm going to go with for a period mm-hmm. of time. Um, I think she, deep down, she still really wants me to find the one and get married and have babies, you know, cause like for her, that was her happiness. So she wants yeah. that. Um, so it's kind of it's kind of funny, like being the kid that's just like unapologetically myself, but mm-hmm. I still battle with that confidence every day of being like, am I seriously messing up by even being public about what I do yeah. and who I am? Like, I mean, even me being um, before I was a massage therapist, I was going to be a dancer, and that was a big deal because Baptists don't dance. <laughs> <laughs> Baptists don't dance, right? And the, like, the only reason my parents were like allowing me to was it was classical ballet, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, ballet is fine, right? If they saw there's, some of the stuff that no I do, involved. Yeah, if they saw some of the stuff I do on skates, now I think that they would have a heart attack. <laughs> like, they might. Your parents have are definitely way chill. They are way chill now. Yeah. Um, it, it is funny too. It's, I think that, um, once again, I'm the kid that's like, I've just decided to be unapologetically myself and I'm like, you can accept it or you don't have to, um, mm-hmm. they know I smoke weed and they know I smoke it for medicinal purposes and I've smoked it around them. Mm-hmm. And they're like, my, my, my dad doesn't really care. I think he just like, grew up around it. Right. And my mom is like, I took a while to get used to <laughs> <laughs> like oh, your mom <laughs> right so this is why it's like kind of scary to put this kind of stuff out there because like you just don't know who who's gonna like think that you're just like the devil <laughs> but then yeah. again I can't because the devil doesn't exist so it doesn't hell isn't real and neither is heaven unfortunately but here we are here we are here we if are if you want to think i'm the devil that's fine Okay, I'm not. (laughs) Anytime people like, oh, there was like this thing that someone wrote about Cruella, the movie, and how it was like Satan trying to like get into the minds of our children. And I was like, well, I love that movie. And they were like, well, I believe in the Bible, and it was not Satan was definitely trying to speak to us. And I was like, hail Satan, I guess. I don't know what to tell you. It is I mean, funny. obviously, I'm not like hell Satan, but at the same right. time, I do that just to poke at people because I'm like, this is ridiculous. I mean, I see people doing it with everything. I mean, I saw when Beyonce dropped her um, Black is King uh, visual album, which was like absolutely amazing and stunning. I haven't and- seen it yet. <gasps> it's on Disney Plus. It's so good. Um, I, I need to watch it. Incredible. Incredible artistry. She's just an artist all around. She I is such an artist. about how oh, Black is King has such dark energies around it, and it's you know evil, and it's perpetrating this evil, evil thing, and it's it's demonic, and don't open your minds to that. And I'm like, it's art. <laughs> it's culture. What do you think art is? 
Right. And I'm sure people criticized Michelangelo and Leonardo mm-hmm. da Vinci and any female that was trying to paint or make anything of herself, like was completely mm-hmm. criticized. So at the end of the day, who the fuck cares? We're going to be all unapologetically, unapologetically ourselves and it's going to help a bunch of people. Yeah, it is. You do you, babe. Because you do you. if the church wouldn't have burned you 400 years ago, are you even living? Right. You p- totally got that from a Facebook <laughs> meme. <laughs> I did. But it's good to live by. It is. It's a good mantra. Be the witch that got burned. 100%. Well, thank you, you so gonna... much. Thank you. Cool. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Right. Have a good night. Bye. You Bye. too. So that was my conversation with Molly about sex ed, casual sex, and the dialogue around sexuality coming from evangelicalism. Um, Thanks so much for listening. Please share, like, subscribe if you're on Apple Podcasts. I don't know what you do if you're on Spotify, but do whatever you do if you're on Spotify. Um, And if you feel like donating to this podcast that would be awesome it just sort of like helps keep things going and improving um please share with anyone you who might find this relatable um anyone deconstructing um thanks so much for sticking with me through this transition and i hope you enjoyed Um, You can find me at Cheers to Leaving on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Give us a follow. And if you have any comments or questions or ideas for any future episodes, things you'd like to hear, please reach out to me um, in my DMs on Instagram or Twitter. Love to hear from you. At me on Twitter. Love that. Um, Yeah. Hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you next time.